Welcome to the Business Law Podcast, the podcast where we demystify the law. Jonathan Fleischer is your host, and in each episode, we will unravel legal complexities and delve into intriguing topics that directly impact your business, from contract essentials to litigation strategies and everything in between. Join us to explore the fascinating intersection of law and entrepreneurship. So tune in for expert insights and captivating discussions that make the legal side of business not just understandable, but actually interesting. Let's dive in. This podcast is not intended as legal advice. Seek legal counsel for all legal issues. Good morning and welcome to another exciting episode of Getting All of Your Legal Questions Answered. Let's get started on this week's question, which is, my insurance company denied my claim. Is there anything I can do about it? So uh, just to explain the question a little bit better, uh, what happens many times with insurance claims is um, there's a claim against your company, against your business, against you personally, and you think, well, that's why I pay all this money for an insurance policy. Let me call my insurance broker, tell them, I have this claim against me and my insurance will take care of it. You call your insurance broker, you give him the claim and you think, great, I'm taken care of, no issue, that's why I have insurance. A month later, your insurance company sends you a letter in the mail that says, guess what, we're not covering this claim. And they may give you some kind of reason that when you try and read it, it looks about as confusing as rocket science. Um... And so you want to know, what can I do now? All right, so let's go through some of the general reasons that an insurance company may decline coverage, and let's see if there's anything to do about it. All right, so one of the most, uh, one common reason an insurance company will deny coverage is because when you made the application for insurance, you made some sort of misrepresentation. So for instance, let's say, pick a random example, you have a construction company. All right. And when you put in your uh, when you put in your insurance application, uh, you made certain representations saying that, let's say you have certain safety protocol in place. You have certain amount of people on each job site. Right. There's a whole questionnaire of things that you should be doing as far as safety is concerned. And you may have represented that you have all of these safety measures in place. Then the time comes and the insurance company sends out its investigators onto the site after whatever incident uh, gave rise to this claim being brought against you. And the insurance company finds that, no, you actually did not have all of these uh, safety precautions in place. And had you had these safety precautions in place, the accident or damage that you caused wouldn't have happened. So now the insurance company says, look, we only gave insurance coverage because you represented that you were going to have these safety precautions in place. You didn't, and so now you're not going to get coverage. I wouldn't say this is the most common reason for denial, but it's not uncommon either. It definitely happens. All right, and so now the question is, you're stuck in this situation where your insurance company denied coverage. Is there any way around it? And the answer is possibly. It's going to depend on what kind of misrepresentations there were. So the easiest way to get around these kinds of uh, denials for misrepresentations is uh, if you can show that you acted reasonably and in good faith when you made your representations. So let's say, for instance, uh, at the time you did have certain safety precautions and it wasn't 
uh, because of bad faith that you stopped them. It was an oversight. It had just recently happened. Something like that. Um, that's not a slam dunk by any stretch of the imagination, but that is a possibility. Generally, courts want uh, they want insurers to cover, right? Obviously, uh, insurance companies can always make loopholes so that they get out of covering things once they happen. Um, courts uh, generally prefer to enforce policies rather than let insurance companies off the hook. So if you can show good faith, um, if you can show that it was inadvertent, it was a mistake, uh, if you can show that there was information that you couldn't reasonably have known when you made that representation, um, that's one way potentially around these kinds of denials. It's very fact specific. Um, typically you're only going to win on those through litigation, right? So typically if you come to the insurance company and you say, well, it was a mistake. I didn't realize the insurance company isn't going to say, oh, okay, we'll be nice to you because you made a mistake. Typically the only way you're going to get around that is by filing a claim with the court so that if you get sued, you file a claim for indemnity from your insurance company, the insurance company denies and you say to the court, well, look, uh, this was the mistake. It was inadvertent. Here's the good faith. And it's going to be very fact specific. All right. But that is a potential way to uh, get back your coverage even once it's been denied. Another way could possibly be if the insurance company did something where they waived their right to this um, to this exclusion um, or to claim the misrepresentation. So, for instance, let's say um, you made certain representations that you had certain safety protocols in place, and in fact, you did not. Um, but the insurance company, let's say, sent down someone to inspect your business. They saw you didn't have these safety measures in place, or they should have seen that you didn't have them in place, but they continued the coverage or they reissued the policy despite the fact that they sent down an inspector. So that would leave you to believe, well, whatever it is, I filled out the paperwork, they sent down their inspector, everything's good. At that point, uh, it's fairly likely that a court will say, well, you had no reason to suspect that the insurance company had any issue. They sent down an inspector to check things out. The inspector said everything was good and they still issued the policy. And so therefore, a court is likely to say they waived their right to deny based on this mis uh, based on this misrepresentation, they were aware of it or should have been aware of it, or you had reason to believe they were aware of it. Uh, and so in such a case, uh, there is also a possibility to get back your coverage, even though there was a misrepresentation in your, in your application. All right. So that's one uh, possibility for denial and how you could possibly get coverage anyways. Um, another kind of denial that happens a lot is where um, the action was an expected or intended um, damage. So, for instance, if you have, uh, let's say, insurance coverage against um, accidents that, let's keep working with a construction company, you have insurance coverage against accidents that happen while on a construction site, uh, let's say, through use of commercial vehicles. However, one day... Um, the owner of the company comes to work slam drunk and gets into um, gets into one of their uh, bulldozers and runs over a car. And uh, this car was worth $200,000 and destroys the car. And now he makes an insurance claim because the owner of this $200,000 car is suing him. 
Uh, the insurance, I mean, there's probably a lot of exclusions for that, but certainly this would fall under the expected and intended um, exclusion, which is that where your actions were expected or intended to cause damage, right? If you get into a bulldozer when you're slam drunk, obviously there's uh, an expected, it is expected that that will cause damages that would fall under that exclusion. Now to get around expected or intended is pretty hard. It's going to be very fact specific. So in the case where you get into a vehicle slam drunk, you are probably not going to win. Uh, you probably will have lost your coverage and Next time, don't get into a vehicle slam drunk. But uh, a lot of times it's more gray where you can do something where, you know, the insurance company will say, yeah, that is expected or intended. You'd say, no, this is just typical negligence. It's not expected or intended. And it may boil down to just the court deciding um, whether such a thing falls under expected or intended. And again, it'll be fact specific. Cases like that are going to go to litigation, but very often it is worth uh, it is worth fighting them because you may be able to win in court. Uh, another another reason that insurers may deny coverage is where there was a breach of the insured's duty. So, for instance, let's say uh, someone comes and makes a claim against you for damages. Right? Keep working with the construction company. Um, somebody did something wrong. They backed into somebody's car ruined the car, it was a $100,000 car, and now you want insurance coverage for that. However, rather than reporting it right away to the insurance company, you just kind of let it slide. Um, the guy brought a lawsuit, he got a default, he got a default judgment, he went through the whole spiel, and now finally, a year later, um, when the car has already been impounded and destroyed, there's no more records, you finally turn around and go to your insurance company and say, hey, I need coverage for this loss. The insurance company may say, well, you should have come to us as soon as this happened. There was a time limit. Now we can't look over the accident. Um, the guy who was in the vehicle is no longer working for your company. Basically, all of the operational facts that we needed to be able to defend this claim are now gone. And so because of your unreasonable delay in reporting, uh, you've now lost your coverage. Again, uh, this is a good reason for denial. Uh, you may be able to overcome it if you can show that there was no significant prejudice to the insurance company. Um, but it, again, it's going to be more difficult because this is something that you should have done right away. Uh, you don't really have a great excuse for not reporting it to your insurance company right away. Um, and so in a case like this, it's going to be more difficult to overcome the denial. But um, again, it's always worth... Um, trying your luck depending on you know the value of the claim because there's always a possibility that you can show that there's not significant prejudice to the insurance company and so if there's no significant prejudice to the insurance company you may still be entitled to coverage all right now another way that insurance companies will deny coverage is by saying that the act that you're making a claim for was due to fraud criminal acts a fine or a penalty something like that so let's break these down so fraud or criminal acts, um, that's pretty straightforward. If you get sued because somebody claims that you committed fraud, you forged the signature on something and caused this guy lots of damages, and now he's suing you for a million dollars because you stole his property and whatever it is, insurance is not going to cover that, right? That's fraud. You cannot, uh, typically you cannot get insurance coverage for fraud. 
criminal acts are the same thing. If you go and commit a criminal act of some kind, and now you want to get insurance coverage when someone brings a civil suit against you for your criminal act, that is almost always going to be excluded, uh, and it's very difficult to overcome that. Now, interestingly, I did have a case recently where um, somebody was denied coverage based on what the insurance company claimed to have been a criminal act. We fought it and we actually won. The insurance company turned around and did provide coverage actually without going to court. This case was somebody rented a car um, on a credit card and credit cards, many credit cards offer car insurance if you uh, do the rental on their card. This guy did. He got, actually got into a crash, um, tried to get insurance coverage from the credit card company, and the company denied coverage, saying that it was a criminal act since he got a ticket for reckless driving because of the accident. All right Now, this may seem ridiculous for an insurance company that's providing uh coverage for an accident to say that, well, you got a reckless driving ticket and therefore we're denying coverage because every time somebody gets it, pretty much every time somebody gets into an accident, obviously they're going to be getting some kind of ticket, probably a reckless driving uh, or something along those lines. And so for an insurance company to deny coverage based on that uh, is kind of ridiculous. What we did to push the insurance company and not have to take it to litigation was threaten a lawsuit for a bad faith uh, denial of coverage. Bad faith denial of coverage comes along with all kinds of penalties, um, which are instituted by law specifically in order to prevent insurance companies from denying things in bad faith. Especially smaller type claims like this was only a, something like a $15,000 claim. So, it's more likely for insurance companies to deny them because it's not worth people fighting them. And so simply by sending a letter threatening to make a bad faith denial claim, we were able to do that. I had to show them also uh, in the statutes that a reckless driving is not a criminal act. It's just a, it's only a violation of it's a moving violation. And so the insurance company did turn around. They covered it in the end. Um, and my client was happy. Not sure about the insurance company. All right. Now, one other very, very important uh, point is that um, in every policy, if you ever take a look at your entire insurance policy, you'll see that there's hundreds of pages uh, that are filled with legalese where there's cross-references all over the place, extremely, extremely difficult to read and get clarity. When you go through a policy, it is almost impossible to know exactly what scenarios will be covered, what scenarios will not be covered. It's very, very difficult to parse through um, insurance policies and get a clear picture of what is and what is not covered. And so many times what will happen is you'll make a claim, the insurance company will take a week, they'll have somebody go through the policy, and they'll find something in those hundreds of pages that excludes your claim from coverage. And this happens all the time. There can be you know, there can be the most ridiculous things that will deny coverage could be based on, uh, you know, an exclusion for collapse. It could be an exclusion based on movement of earth. There could be exclusions based on explosions. There could be all different kinds of random exclusions that um, you never thought of and happen to apply to the exact scenario that you are dealing with. And the question is, if an insurance company pulls out one of these cards, is there any way around it? And the answer is sometimes. The reason why you can sometimes get around those exclusions, again, is based on the policy 
not not policy like insurance policy, but the policy that courts try to work with, which is that people pay for insurance policies. We don't want insurance companies just pulling out these uh, random things that nobody ever could have been aware of to then go and deny coverage. So what courts will often say is that if on the declaration page, which is the first couple of pages of an insurance policy that gives a basic overview of your policy, if there's anything there that would have led the average person to believe he had coverage in such a situation, even if later on in the policy it's clear that he did not have coverage in such a situation, very often um since the declaration page would have led the average person to believe he had coverage, courts will enforce that and will require coverage anyways. All right. Now, courts are more likely to use this kind of workaround when you're dealing with individuals, far less likely to use it when we're dealing with businesses. The idea being that businesses can hire people. Um, we expect you to hire people to go through your policy. Make sure you have the coverage you need. All right, now let's say all else fails. All right, we tried all of these workarounds. Nothing's working. You cannot get coverage um, because, let's say, based on one of these exclusions, is there anything else that you can do? And the answer is maybe not, but maybe yes. Uh, if you have a insurance broker that you hired to get your insurance policy for your business, and then, let's say, there was an exception in the policy, um, for something that should have been critical to the to your kind of business. So let's say you're taking out a general liability policy for your for your company, which is a construction company, and then there's a uh, an exclusion for let's say uh, uh, damages that happen due to faulty materials, all right, or faulty building materials. If you're a construction company and there's an exclusion in your policy for something that happens due to faulty building materials, well, that's not a very good policy for your company, right? And anybody who was going through your policy should have known that. Now, when you hire a broker, their job is to make sure that your company is getting a policy that fits the needs of your company. And so if they didn't warn you about this, they didn't bring it up to you, they just said, oh, here's a general policy, here it's $1,000 a month, $5,000 a month, whatever it is, um, just sign on the dotted line, and then when then when something actually happens, you now get denied because the most basic terms that you need for your company weren't in there. Um, that is not going to bode well for the insurance broker, right? Because the insurance broker screwed up, didn't get you the kind of coverage that your that your business needed, and therefore you would be entitled to bring a suit against the insurance broker, typically a brokerage company. Hopefully, the brokerage company has their own insurance, and so if they did screw up, you can go to them for indemnification on your claim, which you may or may not win, but it's a good shot uh, if all else fails, and it's something that your insurance broker should have done. Uh, that's a good bet. Recently did do this in a case. We actually got a decent amount of the case uh, covered by the insurance company when we settled, and so even though my client did lose on the insurance claim, uh, we were able to get a decent amount of uh, his his liabilities. We were able to get a decent amount of it back from the insurance brokerage company. So generally, um, there's a lot to work with. You know, I went longer than most of uh, my other classes on this, but it's uh, there's there's a lot, a lot, a lot 
that could go into uh, insurance denial, getting back coverage. Um, if you do get a denial letter, it's almost always worth going to an attorney to try and get, uh, see if there's any way to get coverage because, uh, like I said, there's a million different, there's a lot, a lot of case law on this. Courts typically will try uh, to move towards coverage rather than moving um, towards non-coverage. And so it is worth trying to get in touch with an attorney and get your coverage if it was denied. All right. Have a good week, everyone, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Business Law Podcast, a podcast produced and edited by Elemeno Productions. That's E-L-I-M-E-N-O Productions.com.